magical hour. Oh, Matthew and Schaefer. Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Matthew, Matthew, are you there? Matthew, Matthew, are you Flopper? <laughs> Darkness has fallen once again on the greater Texas Hill Country surrounding Austin, Texas very cold. No birds on the bird feeder. Blue norther roaring through the state, even as we speak. But we are warm and cozy behind our microphone, in the back room, inside the ivy-covered colored cave here in Austin, Texas. We are looping in a few friends from around the world today, including uh, Ben Murphy from all the way down in Mexico City. But first, we move to way up north, Austin, Texas, the man inside two garages. Matthew Ravi. Podcast. Put on your headphones, record some words. Podcast. To the song on the imaginary radio. If you say cast, I'll cast with you. That's all I've got for that one. It's not as quite as ornate as my fast car. I love full, it. Happy full, full, full chorus, full verse. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Mr. David Bowie. Today's Bowie's birthday? Uh, it was on Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, yeah. Maybe that's why it was in my, then maybe that's why Bowie was haunting my dreams. Uh, did I, I'm going to try to, uh, tonight, this Saturday night, got some drinks. We're getting a little sloppy. I'm going to try to, tonight I'm going to try to bring some poor choices back to this podcast that it was originally about poor choices did i ever tell you about the the time i almost ran david bowie over on my bike no when i used to bike into work in new york uh you know the bar was in the village and i come i would i would I'd generally be pretty conscientious about uh about not riding the wrong way on a on a one-way street but and i would make it all the way through all the middle of Brooklyn, across the bridge, through Chinatown, East Village, West Village. I could do most of it and I, without ever going the wrong way on a runway street until the red, the very end, uh, on Sixth uh, Avenue, I would come west on West Third Street, make a right on Sixth Avenue, and then just the little, the little part on West Fourth going up to the bar. You know, I, this is a true story because of the, the, the <laughs> attention to detail. I would ride, that would be the only part that I would ride the wrong way. And right there, uh, you know, Cornelia Street meets uh, West War Street. And uh, David Bowie had been wandering up Cornelia Street. He looked left, because he lived right over there somewhere. He looked left, because there were to where cars would be coming from. 
if they were going the right direction on West 4th Street, but it didn't look great to see me just barreling off of 6th Avenue up the street. I was like a half, a, half a foot from his face and it just obviously startled him. I yelled, sorry, Mr. Bowie, and because uh, I was late for work. And then- uh, You called him Mr. Bowie? <laughs> you got a man like that deserves respect. It's not in C- the news. Certainly, certainly. So that was, uh, that was a wild one. Huh. That, decision, that decision on my part to ride the wrong way, down a one-way street, almost destroy cultural treasure, the global cultural treasure. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a major faux pas. I, if I had been the guy who killed David Bowie, oh. God, that, would, that would suck. It's hard to get over that, for sure. <laughs> I, I wanted to, uh, we, we have a guest waiting in the wings. I just wanted to do a couple little orders of business here. On, on the last podcast, we were talking about Dick Cavett, and you compared me to Dick Cavett in that we both had uh, an all-American good looks, all-American, handsome in an all-American way. And I let that go by without saying thank you or anything, but thank you for complimenting my good looks. I have, nev- I have never thought of them as all-American. I have thought of my good looks coming from my criminal genes. I thought it was... <laughs> I thought it was beady-eyed, criminal, rugged sort of thing, but I'll take All-American. That, that's great. I appreciate that. <clears throat> oh, and we, we had a big milestone today. Schaefer? 5,000, baby. 5,000 downloads in just a few short months. I figure we might have 5,500 soon. <laughs> no, I'm thinking it's 50,000 soon. I'm, I'm hoping. In the blink of an eye. Yes. Well, I I think that we should um, go ahead and, and have our guests join the program instead of. Wait first. Uh, first, did you did you like your drop? Oh yeah, my drop was fantastic. Is that was it? Was it in a was it a good level? I didn't check the level. I feel like it, you could hear it, it. If it doesn't sound perfect, I'll have you just send me the file and we'll drop oh, right, it in that right. way. We can always. Yeah, that's that. uh, just yeah. That was Dottie and Shafy. And and Shafee's new shtick, his uh, his bit, if you will, is to insert the word plopper into into things, and that's how he creates jokes. You know, just replacing words in normal sentences with the word plopper. <laughs> and I, don't, I I guess it's scatological. I don't really know, but uh, when he like just like has that explosive like coughing laughter at the end of that, it, it just makes me. Well, that's the laugh. same. Laugh inside. That's the same scheme with my song spoof. Is that I just replace? Oh, oh! I use the word podcast and replace a couple words. You're this, both you're, you're both masters of comedy, obviously. I would well, we're on definitely on the same level. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. Dottie, uh, Dottie has a thing. Actually, they both kind of have a thing. They've they they understand the cadence of a joke. So they'll uh, just say things right. in a joke style cadence and be like, why does, why does a brown monkey wear sandals? You know, because it's not yellow or something like that. And then, and then they both like explode and are rolling around the floor with laughter. And then it, and you're left with a, like a surreal puzzle. Again, this is a <laughs> lot like this. It's a lot like the podcast. <laughs> All right. Uncanny resemblance. I'm going to let you introduce our esteemed visitor. Old friend Ben Murphy. This is a fella I've known since 19, 
94, fall of 94 in Boston, Mass. I spent a lot of time sleeping on the floor of, of, his, uh, of his dorm room because that's where the party was always at. You know, it's true, isn't it, Ben Murphy? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, wait, I want to do, I want to try that again. Uh, <laughs> welcome, uh, accomplished blues protest musician, Benjamin <laughs> Murphy, to the show to talk about his passions for music and for him to roll down memory lane with maybe some poor choices with Schaefer. Welcome, Ben. <laughs> Thank you very much. You don't think that Ben wanted to be introduced as the guy whose floor I used to sleep on in the nineties? Like you, like you, you take a really like minor <laughs> detail and just blow it up front. <laughs> That's actually yep. how how he introduces himself. Uh, you know, Schaefer, I was thinking about how we first actually met, and, and is tell me if this is correct. I think I actually was playing a Stravinsky record with the door open and it could have been the right of spring or Lenos and I uh, believe it was right and, of spring. And I was just the kind of asshole to um, play right of spring with my door open to see what kind of person that might attract. And, and then uh, that's how Schaefer came in and started sleeping on the floor. Wait, but that wasn't, that was in a dorm. That was a dorm. Yeah. I had a, I had my record player there. Like, yeah, I'm going to crank some Stravinsky and see if I can make some friends. Oh, he did. He did all right. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, that really takes two to tango. It takes me to play it, but also you were the one who went. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's Is that going Stravinsky on? I hear? <laughs> what's going on in this room? Because <laughs> nobody else is in here. It's just this one guy. I brought scones. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I love the podcast. Thanks, man. Finally, a guest who's listened I, to the podcast. I, I, I love it, and uh, um, I particularly love the uh, the slow pace at the top, um, the uh, multiple songs. Um, you, I, I appreciate how you guys just take your time getting into. Uh, into yeah, the we re we relax into it. It's uh, it's yeah. It's now wait. Slow hand guitar kind of. Uh, did, now, did you hear us talking about that on the last episode? Was that the, no? I heard you. I think you talked about it at one point. Oh, okay. I, was it the last? There, we, there was one. One I heard that you, you guys were you're talking about. You're like, like, <laughs> kind of uh, naming the the, the different uh, elements at the top of the podcast. Yeah. Okay, well, because you you you've got you've got battles, you've got a Benitez, right? Like then. Uh, yeah. Bat, we do Battles Benitez, and then I have gotten into actually singing my song spoof, which at first I was just going to quote lyrics. But then, <laughs> but, but then I did a little singing on the program, and there was a, there was a get at us about, hey, let's do some more singing. So now I'm trying to turn it into like a full-on little weird owl at the first of every Maybe we should change our name to One Musical Hour. One Musical Hour. I feel like we would need more music in that case, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, that can be arranged. I was, I was actually thinking, oh, it's so funny when I, when I, you know, when I go to do the introduction, I'm often thinking about things that I meant to say and then forgot about until right when I'm saying it. And then, but I, I more often than not these days, I just forget to say the title of the podcast entirely. Right. Not that, not that it really matters too much. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like it should. And you said Ivy Colored Cave again today.
you 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 actually started to say covered and you and you stopped yourself and you said colored. <laughs> Listen back. I'm ex I'm ex I'm looking forward to it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're we are acting inappropriately, and we've got a guest. Ben, tell us. Tell us. No, it's not. It's 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 nice listening to you guys at the top. I kind of forgot I actually had to do something. Here, I'll do the heavy lifting. I'm going to ask you some questions. What's going on with you? You're 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 raising a human. Yeah, actually, if if you look behind that that balloon right there, it says six. Oh, you just had a sixth. She she just turned six, so yeah, we're I mean, it's, we're in Mexico City. Um, I, I, I there was an article the other day I think in the either the Times or Washington Post about Americans going down to Mexico City, which I highly uh, do not recommend at this point. Okay, um, okay. The, I mean everything everything's shut down. There are no hospital beds. It's kind of like situation in California, but uh, yeah, just so uh, yeah, and everything's closed. You can't do anything. Uh, so yeah, she's not in school. We're all at home. Um, there's construction going on next door to us. So our house is shaking. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, a stressful time for three people to be ben, able to go outside. When the pandemic began, our neighbors were doing a complete home renovation. Oh, it's, it's terrible. And, and we were trying, we were both trying to work and there was, uh, it yeah, I, we, I, there's a there's a glass of water on my on our kitchen table the other day, which just looked like Jurassic Park was shaking the whole. It was, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah, that's uh, that's frightening. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, we're making our way through. Lucky to have jobs that we can do, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, count your blessings. Nobody that. Um, I mean, I know lots of people who have been sick, but luckily nobody, um, yeah, nobody's died. <laughs> so you, you got to change your, your idea of what you want to do or get through for one year. And right now it's just, if I can keep a job and nobody I love dies, I'm okay. Yeah, and there, yeah. and there are dinosaurs in Mexico city. <laughs> no, just, no, no, it's the construction. <laughs> that, yeah, no, I know. That was good. That was good. <laughs> I wanted, that, that one went, yeah, you went back for that one. That was good. I was gonna, you were holding gonna, that one. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to really try to pretend like I thought that, never mind. I, I just, I want there to be dinosaurs somewhere. I want Jurassic Park to be a real thing somewhere. And, uh, sure. but I'm, I'm glad it's not at your house. <laughs> there are bones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They recently discovered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, many skulls stacked upon skulls. Yeah, at a site, right? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> in Mexico, there are usually there are, there are many instances, unfortunately, of people finding skulls. But uh, yeah, right. but these were dinosaur bones, which was good. Oh, oh, I, I, I saw a thing where there was a, uh, there was like a sacrifice site that they were they had already been excavating, but they found another chamber, and it was like human skulls oh. stacked on human skulls. Not, yeah. and I know you were making reference to like narco traficante, but. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, I went. I went dark. That's all right. But man, it must be tough in Mexico City. Nothing open because there's not a lot of like. Is there green space you can go to? Uh, there's a, a kind of a dirt mound 
where uh, <laughs> where she um, uh, where I can take uh, our daughter and she runs around there for a while. And, oh, it's <laughs> it, th- there's not too much room to move around. Ben, where are you in the city? Uh, the my I spent one weekend in Mexico City and I was in Coyacan. Where are you in relation to that? Say. Oh, that's that that's beautiful over there. We're we're in the in the Polanco. So it's uh, it's closer to um, Reforma and um, and Chapultepec. Is there like a downtown Mexico City as such, or Mexico City is so it's like well, you know it. I mean, just like you fly in, and it just looks like like Blade Runner. You know? It's like yeah. twice it's twice it's twice, it's, twice the size of, of New York. It's just like it's you extraordinary. Can, yeah, you you can drive for so long. I didn't know you were in Mexico City, and it's strange that you never came to Mexico City when we were here. That was always something that uh, I was expecting to happen at some point. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's there's so much of the city that I've I've just never been to that uh, you can drive for just hours and you're still just in Mexico City. <laughs> Even when there's not that much traffic, you can drive for like an hour and a half and it just feels like it's. it's I think uh, I figured out it's about it's about an hour to the coast. Is that right? True. No. Oh, is it further than that? Yeah. I must have been planning some other trip somewhere else that was an hour from the coast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's further. I should put you in touch. We should put you in touch with Marco's family. You could go hang out with Abigail or something. Uh, where Where are they? In Coyacan. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that next to the Sun and Hill. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a really, that's a really nice area over by, um, um, yeah, I think like, yeah, like uh, Diego and uh, Frida's Sorry, house, the, the blue house. We should get another question from Matthew and I kind of have a thing going uh, where <laughs> I talk to some, I talk to our guests about people that they've never heard of. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm going to get us back on track here Matthew, with a question. Ask, ask so maybe, maybe a listener would actually care about us. <laughs> so Ben, um, your, your, your most recent album came out last September, I think. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. I think that was Did, good. So July. Yeah, September. Okay, so did the you were obviously you know prepared to drop the album and whatnot, but did the did the pandemic delay that or at all? And and did the pandemic dampen any like desire to promote the album or play some shows or whatnot? These I, these are these are softballs, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, no, nothing like nothing like that. Um, and I. I don't. I don't actually play that many shows. I think the sh- last show I might have done was in, in New York, maybe with Schaefer, maybe Tom Siler. Like when you're doing like a uh, maybe like a poetry reading. It's, it's been a long time, and I, I kind of stopped playing live shows. So um, I'm very lucky in that. Uh, I'm, I don't. Did need we, to did we do all that. the tired horses at that show, Ben? <laughs> yes, we did. That was it. Which. Which is, which is a very long time ago since I've actually been in front of people playing live. Uh, yeah, that that would be like the better part the better part of two decades. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, we did all the time with yeah Thomas <laughs> That was that was a good one. Um, uh, I could have, I could imagine the pandemic actually helping you like freeing up a little time to, to you know like especially at the end of a recording there are a lot of like kind of kind of uh, desk things to do a lot of you know. Well, you know, like stuff like that. Uh, the way, like, um, uh, Roy Gorell, who produced the record, he, um, I, I've, it's, it's really, 
a pretty magical experience for me in that like I would just there's a, a wonderful studio that I worked with here in, in uh, Condessa um, where uh, called La Bestia where I was going in and I was recording um, basically just scratch guitar lines playing along with a click track on Pro Tools and doing my vocals and sending it off to uh, to Roy and he was doing he pretty much did all everything you hear in that last record a lot of, a lot of bass all the lead guitars um, and uh, then we were able to send it off to uh, Allison Langerak to do all the uh, um, backing vocals and uh, Peter Hess to add horns. Um, our friend Jill was playing uh, drums on everything. So like I really just, the, my part of it was really just uh, writing the songs, redoing vocals when I needed to. I tried not to just try to record vocals one time. Um, but then um, just Roy was doing most of that. So a lot of what I was doing was all of the uh, promotion stuff. So working on trying to get all the, sending out all the boring emails that I needed to do and getting the website together and getting everything lined up to. Ben, that, that collection of musicians, you should call yourself Ben Murphy and the Greenpoint Rooftop All-Stars. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, Everybody it's, you named. I've I've done some very weird stuff with on a on a Brooklyn rooftop. Yeah, <laughs> and I was thinking about like the Blue Eighty Eights the other day. Like we only we only played for a couple of years, but I'm still like they're like some of my best friends in the in the world. You know, just yeah, Derek, great bunch Derek of and Derek and Roy and like and not only that, like when I think about like Roy, uh, even even back twenty years ago when we were listening to him, we were like, this is like the best guitarist in the world and it's not it's yeah, not just yeah. like it's not just us that we're like it's it's hard to think of of other guitar players that i like more um like 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 mark rabo like tom waits guitarist i remember one time after roy was playing just like came up out of the blue band like oh i love your stuff you know it's just like you know like kind of this songwriter equivalent of like waits or like dylan coming up and being like oh your songs are great yeah uh, like uh, like g smith all these guys have like <laughs> just I uh, really just just love them which was of course yeah one of the problems with trying to keep a band together uh, <laughs> yeah. was like there was there was a while like 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 Lenny Kravitz I remember was like I was just worried like Roy was going to slip into the Lenny Kravitz band because I think they were looking for him so it's it's hard to keep when you have <laughs> when, you, when you have good players it's great and when you're trying to keep them all together and when your band is the most the most talented musicians in brooklyn they, they get it's, stolen away yeah yeah so it's, it's like uh, uh, Dad, put it into perspective like his bassist derek toured with herbie hancock like that's <laughs> you know i that he's another he's someone else you guys should talk to i was yeah uh, we, thinking about, def like, we definitely should have him on um, here. I'll, I'll, I'll i'll try to facilitate that i mean yeah that's one of the most like romantic and maybe one of the best ways for a band to break up is that everybody's too talented and they gotta go to there. There's a lot. There's a lot worse ways. There's the. There's the. He slept with your girlfriend and she slept with the drummer and then there's the. Then there's the drugs and alcohol devolution and all the paranoia and accusations that go with that. So. Oh, we we gotta we gotta go make money touring with a jazz legend. <laughs> In that case, you just sort of shrug your shoulders and you go, yep. You're like, yep. I'll see you, I'll see yeah, you, you do. Get back. Godspeed. Well, I, I really, yeah, like broke my ass is trying to like, like trying to get not only just everyone together for gigs, but just also rehearsals, trying to get five people in a room 
for so long, which is like one of the ways that I ended up kind of just doing more solo stuff. I was just trying to, I tried to get a collection of songs that, that I could play if I happen to have a drummer there, but no bass player. Um, or I could just, if I just had like Allison singing behind me, because yeah, I, I start setting up these, these, some of these gigs and like, it would just be like, well, if you know, Derek could be like, I've got a paying gig, I've got to do it down, down 42nd street. So I'd have to sort of figure out like uh, how to do it without him. But yeah, it's, it's a hell of a thing keeping a group of people together in New York city. Uh, yeah, that's, and that's true of anything. Yeah. Even if they're, even if they're not the most talented, just getting, uh, getting artistic temperaments all in the same room together. Yeah, I, w I was in a band one time. With all of New York City outside of it. The lesson that I learned is that I'm a solo artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's really cool, though, that, you know, that we have the technology now that you can do that. You can collaborate on an album, across, you know, halfway across a hemisphere. You know? Across space and time. Yeah, I, I think, like, that that last record, I think, I mean, a lot of that had to, I don't know how, how, um, how Jill did this, like the, the, the drum, being able to play along, playing drums with a, with a click track and I like other things I can imagine, I can imagine doing bass and backing vocals and lead guitar, but like actually somehow making like a drum track sound swinging when you're playing along with a click track. <laughs> just, yeah. That just, that just blows my mind. I don't know how anyone can actually do that, but yeah, somehow he and Roy were able to make it sound like we were all in like one room. Pretty, it's pretty crazy. And but you were like the the producer of the of, of the album, you know, like like you, you you were you were organizing everybody, getting it all together. Yeah, but uh, Roy was the producer. Roy would like um, just obsess over things, work for twenty hours, and then he would just send it. To me and either I would just be really really happy with it or just kind of bitchy and um, and didn't say that I didn't like anything at all and he would just go back and, and do everything again but uh, I mean luck we've been working together so long and what's what's great is there's like just we have a that kind of relationship where like you can be like no that sucks I don't like it let's not do it and nobody gets offended or gets uh, upset about that which is which is uh, yeah, that's that's, very, that's that's golden in that's, any relationship, whether yeah. it's creative or otherwise. Sounds like maturity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ben, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your subject matter. Uh, it's uh, yes, it's it's really cool to me. I don't know if I don't know if you, you know anybody else who's interview who has interviewed you has brought this up, but you engage, you know, people our age. It's, it's not really cool to engage uh, politics overtly. You know, it's like any, I feel like, especially in art, it's all kind of masked behind a lot of metaphor or a lot, you know, um, but obviously there's a great tradition in, in songwriting uh, of, of engaging politics directly, taking the bull by the horns, as it were. Uh, it's really cool to me that I think you're doing something that kind of hasn't really been done in a long time. Uh, Wait, and I think we should say that Ben's album, Let's Make a King, is full of songs that are, could be classified as protest songs and, yeah, are, and are overtly uh, referential to like stuff that's going on 
fucked up shit that's going on in our society and and politics. Am I right? I well, first, yeah, thanks. Like, I mean, I never. They're not the kind of songs that I really would want to write. I mean, I it's um, I would much prefer to be doing kind of just Merle Haggard country, uh, just more personal. Um, more personal songs. They just they they came out. I um, and I just couldn't stop writing them. So it's I'm, I'm they're not. I didn't used to. I I never had any success writing political songs before, and I don't know I, why these these particular ones seem to have worked a little bit better. They can go so wrong. Political songs. Um, they can. It's yeah. If, uh, if, you, had, if, you had a lot on your mind, so well, <laughs> everybody did. Yeah, they, uh, but they, they just came out like, uh, I, I think if, if you're just like, you're not trying to grab too much. I was, I was thinking about the difference with like, between like someone like the early, like um, Dylan pro, well, what are called protest songs where you have, um, uh, like take one that I really don't like, which is uh, Masters of War, which for me is just, way too broad and kind of kind of silly and just falls flat because he's trying to cover too much and then compare that with like uh the ballad of uh, hattie carroll which is just like a this personal story of of two very real people um and um where just like hattie carroll just works perfectly because it's an actual it's an actual story that you can believe and it's just the details are are perfect Compared also, like thinking of some like uh, John Prine's, like a uh, Sam Stone, compared to. Do you remember when we went and saw Iris Dement? Jay? Yeah. Right, there's she, a, there's she, a she, wall in Washington. Yeah, that song. That song, which is like, which falls completely flat, where she says there's nothing there that's personal. Comparing that to like Sam Stone, where that's a that's a person that you can really see. And which, so I, I don't, I'm not sure I was able to do anything like that on the album, but uh, they were, I, I tried not to grab too much. And with, with, with some of their things, of course, I'd like to be able to write about that I just, that are just too big. Um, something like writing about like Fox News is something that I'd love to be able to do. It's just talking about misinformation and that kind of spread within the media, but it's it's just so it's it's too big to take on for one song. So anything I would do with it would just fall flat. Um, so hopefully that's I for did. your next sci-fi novel. <laughs> but yeah, like hopefully I the songs hopefully they they worked. <laughs> that, that's interesting that they were just spilling out of you. You know, like. You were you were really compelled, and they are you know in uh, in that sense you know they they did remind me a lot of your, of your other songs uh, something that's uh, that your political songs your protest songs have in common with your more personal songs you know say that you know would be on a Blue eighty eight record you know mm -hmm. uh, some of my favorite songs. Uh, what they have, they both have in common, and they have a very, uh, a very simple, very, uh, very casual poetry to them. Uh, and, and I remember once you, I was, I, we were in uh, our apartment in Brooklyn, and you were finishing up a song, you were about to go to the studio or something, and you, you looked up at me, 
and you had a, you had a very uh, mischievous smile and you said, sometimes you just got to make it rhyme. And, uh, as a, uh, you know, as a poet, I understood that completely, you know, and I was like, yeah, just do it. That's in, uh, and having that kind of casual poetry, but understanding this probably has to do with you also being a writer in addition to, you know, a songwriter, a writer of prose, uh, just to have an understanding of the sentence and, uh, and the technical aspects of, of it. Uh, kind of, I think that pops up in your music in a way that makes something. If you're doing, just doing, you can do a simple protest song. It'll have, and it'll have just enough technical elements in it to make it, you know, to make it art, but without detracting from, you know, from the meaning at all. So yeah, I think, yeah, it's a, your style lends itself well to the to the protest genre, for whatever whatever that's worth. Thanks. Like the. Um... One other thing with with the blues format, like I was actually a lot of these songs, I um, I didn't I didn't need to be in front of an instrument for. I could just write them either when I was walking to work or I could just be at my desk if I knew I had the idea for the song, and then it was I could just I could be away from from a I, I knew what the twelve bar blues format would be, and I would just it would just then I would just have a lot of time just to actually look at what the lyrics were. And, uh, That's a lot like the and, podcast. <laughs> I mean, it is I mean, in, in the way that we just sort of write it in our heads on our way to work and stuff like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's, go go no, on. That, no, that, 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 was, that was all I had with that one. I, I, I want to just, from past experience with our guests who are musicians and friends with Schaefer, I, I want to make sure that you know that we're using some of your songs as closing tracks in the, after the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You're aware I, of that. I, and, and we closed out the last podcast with same kind of fascist which well, we had, like which we was, had a rare deep deep political discussion yeah oh like, I, I listened to it today it was deeply unfunny uh but, but you know it's just the situation in america required us to talk about it there was no way of avoiding it just like uh, it required ben to write those protest songs exactly <laughs> and uh and yeah, yeah so you're uh, you know, we, were, we were both like, yeah, we got to pull one of the songs from this record for this show. Well, I had seen a post on social media that was talking about the song, and I, I hadn't actually heard it, and I was like, oh, this, this would be the perfect, perfect one. To, and I think uh, I like how the, the album came out in July or to September of last year, but, but oh, look how fresh it seems today <laughs> or yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no doubt. Well, like, yeah, with a, a few things with that song, like the, um, I've been really happy with how, like, that was, it's, it's been featured a lot on a lot of different places, but like, on like a, just a wide range of, of places. It was on this, I think, like this, this punk um, podcast called like Spit em, Spit in My Face, Spit in Your Face. Uh, there was, like, <laughs> it was like, it was like no effects and just suicidal tendencies in that one. Uh, and, and, <laughs> And and I'm kind of wedged in between that, but then it's it's also been on some like really just like pretty folky collections. Um, there was a a review that came out a few days ago that said, which I, I won't send to Roy because it sends it says it's just me playing guitar. That's Roy playing guitar. Um, this is how good Roy is. I I wanted that song to be a uh, uh, it, I I recorded it as just an instrumental. There are about three or four spoken word 
pieces. And I just wanted a kind of metal machine music guitar throughout, like under that. And he's like, why, uh, why don't we try making this into like kind of a Woody Guthrie thing? And he's, he fit that whole guitar thing that he's playing along with like a non-melody. So it actually, it's um, him playing outside and there are birds flying around above him. Um, but like you can, it's, it's, if you think about that, how he actually built that song around um, just a spoken word piece, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive. I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen to it again with that. You know, well, I, I'll, I'll, I can send you the uh, just an instrumental version that I did with just uh, just a spoken word thing, and then then try to imagine him going back and doing that. Uh, ben, another thing, when I was looking for I was looking for your MP3s, to, you know, to play that one song, I found this email from you that had gotten lost in the shuffle of my inbox that had uh, some Ben Murphy One Magic Lower themes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so those are definitely going to be I I, I totally missed those I, uh, I totally forgot that I did that yeah like yeah. I was like I was like oh you should have you guys need a little transition music going between your uh, between your pieces yeah so we'll definitely <laughs> okay. be working that in <laughs> I completely forgot that it just came to me I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to uh, well we're inspirational so I was I wasn't trying to be like oh Alex is on there yeah but Brian and Brian and Alex are going to come kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just have to do a better song. Then. <laughs> that's I'm, that's I'm, exactly I'm, that's exactly how Brian would answer you guys. <laughs> you, you never really spent much time with Brian, did you? No, but uh, judging from that track, he uh, he's a smooth guy. You guys would you guys would really like each other, yeah. Well, it, that brings up a a question that. Ben and I were discussing before you joined us here, Schaefer. Once again, we had a guest, and uh, it, <laughs> Schaefer lets me hang out with the guest for a few minutes before he arrives. Uh, ben and I were discussing, and I'm quite certain that we have met before, but could you help us piece together where that might have been? Did you did you bring him to Austin and to those parties at Holly Parks's house on yes on French Place? Yeah, that's what we were. That's where we were saying. That's where we met. Were you but, with the? Did were you there when we just drank on the sofa on, in his front yard, and the guy from the CIA was coming by? Oh, maybe he was. I think you were. I, I, I no, the guy from the FBI. That's a whole story, One Magical Nation. <laughs> I had a. I was moving to San Francisco, and I was having a yard sale, and. That I'll just I'll tell it right now. Someone had stole stolen a a tape of debate preparation from the Bush campaign and sent it to the Gore campaign. This is in the year of two thousand, and I was working at an audio and video post production house, and we had made copies of that tape, and none of. Nobody in my organization were the ones that stole it. They, they found the girl. She got prosecuted, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was a material witness for this case. And I was, leaving, I was leaving town to move to San Francisco. And the FBI had come to town on a Friday and called 501 Post and said, we need to come, we need to come talk to all of your people 
who might have touched this tape. And they were like, okay, well, why don't you do that on Monday? Because it's Friday and we're having a party for this guy that's leaving. Oh, yeah, there's this one guy that's leaving. And they're like, we want to talk to that guy. We want to talk to that guy. And... Schaefer, were you there? I don't know. Um, I think he was. Yeah. Schaefer, Schaefer came to town, and I was having a yard sale, and we were like, we hung out in my yard, and we were drinking and maybe smoking a bong. I don't know. And then the FBI showed up. One G-man <laughs> G showed up, and I remember y'all went in the house so that he could interview me on that sofa outside. <laughs> About about this incident, he was very. It was very G-man like too, with the with the little notepad and everything. I ended up getting flown back to Austin to testify in front of a grand jury about this case, and I, I had a couple of meetings with the FBI. They loved me. I was I, I was like I'm apolitical. They thought that was hilarious. Matthew, I was I was then, but less now. Matthew, were you at the uh, 2000 New Year's Eve party? At, uh, oh yes, yes. Oh okay. Right. Oh, we spent the millennium together. I knew it had been at least <laughs> twenty years, Ben. Oh, I was so depressed that night. That maybe that's why I don't remember. <laughs> there's there's a lot of reasons why someone might not remember that night. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we discussed that. The, let me get the interview back on track. <laughs> with tell me about the imagery on the cover art for let's make a king what is that that's a castle with a uh, i wanted a dark photo like i i went around i think i'm trying to remember the site that i, <laughs> I a castle where <laughs> i i forget this there's the this one website where you can get uh you can get free access photos uh, i wanted i tinted it black Moved it in close, so you could see a, a, a just. I wanted the. I, I, I did imagine that the, it would be just a castle with clouds around it, and I, yeah, I just I wrote to the photographer, asked if I could use it, and he said yes. That was it was pretty easy. <laughs> coming oh, across. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure where, like how that idea came about. I was I I think first I wanted a um, kind of a medieval looking, um, just kind of like wood block kind of looking. Uh, uh, image, but that came up and I, I liked it. Not too much there. Sorry, man. <laughs> I found a photo that I liked and I used it. I like I like the uh, I like the heavy metal font too. Yeah, yeah, that was a good. I, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember what the font was before. Yeah, I I, I, I touched I messed around with that one for a while, but yeah, I think definitely the uh, the font helps and. I thought maybe it was like a photo you had taken on vacation in Scotland or something. No. <laughs> ben, I'm just looking at <laughs> just looking at your Bandcamp page. I hadn't, I hadn't seen the cover for this Turkey Doolin record before. <laughs> you, you've never seen it? I thought I sent that to... Uh, I'm, I sure that? You, I'm sure you I, did. I just, yeah, I, I just forgot. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have done it unless you gave me permission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh... One Magical Nation, you need to go to BenjaminAdairMurphy.BandCamp.com uh, and take a look at uh, the cover for his album, Turkey Doolin' at the Yalzig. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good picture of 
Tom McGilligan and I bare knuckle boxing. Oh, oh yeah, I wanted to talk about that picture. <laughs> I, 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 of course, Google all of our guests. I Google everything. I Google everybody. But I was looking through images of you, and the, and that one came up. Um, the, um, the, uh, did you notice that the, uh, the Google picture of me is actually, um, it's, it's a picture of Allison. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I did notice that it wasn't you. Yeah. Yeah. That happened about a month ago. Um, it used to be this other picture. I I don't know why that's, that's the cover of her. She sang one of my songs called uh, lead me on. And so like about like a month ago, (laughs) Google decided that I was Allison. So I, I, I sent her this this screenshot just like it's like I like I check this out you know I've I've never looked hotter. Um, but hey, I, 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 just, I like the idea of just having her kind of doing this kind of J T Leroy thing of, uh, of like any time I need to make an appearance. Hey Google, this is Matthew of One Magical Hour. Your <laughs> your algorithms broke. <laughs> I'll, I'll get this fixed. Uh, I'm sorry about that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think I want it to be fixed. I think it's I always. I was going to say. I think. I think Google made just the right decision. That's. Uh, <laughs> uh, why would? Yeah, why? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, that's. You have the option of of having, Allison Langerak as the face of whatever it is you're doing. You should take it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should just get rid of all photos of me and just only have pictures <laughs> of of Allison. So then, like, whenever it like, like it it comes up all like press photos or anything, it's just like, who is this? This. This young uh, man, young beautiful. Uh, you might have to start playing gigs again. Speaking of which, the cover of Blue Idiots Live at the Stinger is pretty extraordinary too. Yeah, that one's hot. Oh boy, the Stinger. There's some, there's some interesting choices made there. Let me tell that, you. That whole, um, I mean, that whole stretch of buildings is completely gone. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, that's that's not not only not only is there not like something else there now, it's like. I think that entire row of Grand Street's just, uh, it's all. Um, it's been erased. It's been erased. <laughs> the stinker. Yeah, it's uh, ben, did you ever go to any of the parties in uh, that guy Ashley's art studio? Where? Down on Barry, like, it would be like, I don't know, like Fifth and Barry. That, that was where for a while. Um, Mark was playing movies downstairs. No, that would that was a different time period. This would be. Oh yes, I did go. Yeah, way down there. We called it the rabbit hole. Uh, wasn't like didn't wasn't there like a weird thing with like Doogie Howser and and absinthe there or something like? Wasn't <laughs> like, like we were we were all like drink, drinking absinthe with Doogie Howser. That is yeah, that is. <laughs> wait 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 for 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 the listener, just describe the scene. Start from the beginning. Schaefer, go ahead. You, you've got this one. D- describe was, the place that you're talking about first. There were these parties. They, they were called Rubalad. Uh, R-U-B-A-L-A-D. And that was the you would dial the, you would dial 718 in Rubalad, the number that Rubalad makes on a t- telephone pad, to get the time uh, that they would do these parties in this old warehouse in South Williamsburg. And they would start, uh, you know, around midnight and and go for like 24 hours or something, uh, and you know, and there would be there would be DJs and dancing and, and like visual art installations and all kinds of stuff. So one night, uh, a friend of ours, uh, 
whose name I can't remember now. It's terrible. He was part of the uh, the Fan Man uh, group. We, we worked on a play together. James and I were trying to produce, and uh, it was Travis or damn it. Anyway, it's gone. Uh, he was friends with uh, Dookie. Now I can't remember his real name. <laughs> Neil Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. So we had gone out for his birthday his name was randy randy was N- the name of the other guy nph and uh it, it was randy's birthday so nph had come out we had all gone out uh to this bar in the east village where uh, randy worked as a doorman uh, we partied there and then we kind of got word you know through the grapevine that there was a rubelot party going on so we went over there uh but not until like after we closed down that bar on the on the east side uh so it was like 5 30 when we're six o'clock when we were getting over to rubelot like this like the sun's coming up and stuff and we go down into this basement and we find the scowl has been selling like the like real absinthe like the, they had they had hand dis- distilled it from wormwood or whatever uh and she had a ton of these plastic cups set up and she i guess she started out she was selling it but uh but uh, she had a, had a whole bunch of it to drink. So when we showed up, she was like, here you go, boys. And <laughs> we proceeded, we were like, all right. So we proceeded to kind of have a little informal absinthe drinking contest. And <laughs> Ab- absinthe pong. All the, all the kids are doing it. Flash forward to, you know, a couple hours later, I remember I would like, it, this was in this Brooklyn basement, warehouse basement, there was like a tiny little layer of water and kind of kind of mud and concrete and stuff. Uh, at one point, I remember I was I was swimming in that and like, I, in my mind, I was in an Olympic sized swimming pool. <laughs> and I was just like doing the backstroke, doing the breaststroke, you know, and I, I would have told you that I was in a full pool of water. <laughs> but obviously it wasn't. And then, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we proceeded to have a lot of fun. There was a lot of dancing. Um, this graffiti artist uh, tried to spray paint a tag on my naked chest. Uh, it didn't work because I was too uh, sweaty from dancing, but that's <laughs> another thing that happened. And, uh, and, then, and we all went home, and I remember, like, like getting home was, was uh, just a, a, a real death march, like... We'd all been going pretty hard for a really long time. We had to walk basically all across Williamsburg, from South Williamsburg to Greenpoint. We get home, you know, and apparently we all just walked into the living room. Everybody sat down and everybody passed out. Because it was like, like six hours later, we all woke up and we were sitting there and like everybody was like sweaty. And, you know, like the evening sun was beating down through the open window and, and we were all just sitting there, just like, it was like we all just woke up. And uh, I remember, like, I agreed, the way, the only way I could describe it is there was an actual, like, there was an actual burning piece of coal in the very center of my brain. That's how I felt. It was the worst <laughs> hangover. I ever, and I kind of asked somebody, it was like, yeah, my head hurts real bad. <laughs> And then I, I can't remember what happened after that, but I would imagine that we probably just all like kind of combed our hair in the bathroom and then walked out and did it all over again. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how, 
that's how it was in our, this is probably age, we were probably age 27, 28. When you, when we, when we once lived. Back when, back when you could still do things like that. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about, about those days. There's so many more memories. Um, yeah, some of which are untellable. Some of which I, I suspect both Ben and I will never tell anyone until <laughs> <till, laughs> well, well, our great judgment day. <laughs> well, let's let's skip to one that's tellable. Uh, uh, no, we can't. We can't be on the spot like that. I don't. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it's it's on the show sheet. Uh, oh, wait, we do. Oh, we do wait, have wait, one on wait, the show wait, sheet. Wait, actually. Um, Save that one. Save that one for a second, because Schaefer, I do have a question. Okay. So, um, when I moved down to Houston, um, Schaefer set up this this room for me that had basically like a like a, a mattress on the floor, nothing else, but one Jeff Bridges autograph photo. Do you still have that photo? I do. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. I was worried that that it's like it's him in a it's him in a tux. Um, and I mean, it was, it was so nice. It was such a nice, uh, just kind of like welcome, <laughs> like a, mat a mattress on the floor and, um, and the dude on the wall. All right. I just wanted to make sure that you still had it. I was, uh, I, don't, I, was I was thinking about that the other day. Man does not live on bread alone. Uh, definitely. So this, um, the story that I wanted to tell, I feel like at some point it, it needed to, it needed to. Uh, get down on tape for posterity's for also uh, a dad's listening, so I'm sure he would enjoy to uh, tr travel down this this uh, memory highway again. Uh, we uh, when we visited Bandera, and uh, Matthew, there was my folks had about uh, five acres of land in Bandera that they they kind of bought as an investment. That you know, maybe someday they would build something on, uh, or some or something. Um, but in college, we would go camping there, and it was great because uh, you know it was it was off in the country. You know, we, we could basically be by ourselves, and you know, it was the same place where my dad and I used to camp when I was a kid. So we would go out there, and we would use you know the same stone ring for the fire that I had used camping out there with dad when I was a little kid. And, you know, it was pretty standard. We you know we'd go out there, we would drink some bourbon uh, and some beers, um, you know, hoot and holler. And then the next day, it was just, we had a kind of traditions going on for this week, and we'd do it about twice a semester. And the next day we would go down, we'd go uh, jump in the, uh, in the Medina River, uh, you know, do the rope swing and swim around, super fun, and then get some lunch uh, in town, and then go back and kind of do the same thing, you know, uh, so two nights, uh, so we had we had done that, and uh, we had uh, when we left, you know, we, we we kicked some dirt over our fire, and and headed out, and uh, on the way back, we we literally we followed the water pump truck from the Bandera Bandera Volunteer Fire Department, like to we we met up to them on a dirt road and followed them back to the to the property and i remember we were sitting there 
uh, and, you know, when we pulled up, you know, it was obvious, like, a, a Blue Norther had kicked up and uh, uh, just caught a spark, and uh, it had been particularly dry, and all of the underbrush had burned. The, the, the uh, fire department got there in time, but I remember we were just, we were sitting there in the car before we had gotten out, and I remember, do you remember Bob saying, he was like, if you want, I could just drive. <laughs> it's like, I can throw it in reverse and we can peel out of here. And I was like, no, we got to, uh, we got to have a chat. Uh, and, and chat we did, we walked over. And of course, like, God, we were, we looked like such city boys, city slickers. Like we, you know, come across dressed in, you know, you know, leather shoes and, and fancy coats. I bet somebody was wearing a turtleneck or something. Uh, <laughs> uh we come walking across and there's all these Bandarat cowboys putting out this fire that we started. You know, it was just it was so embarrassing. But, uh, you know, they could all kind of tell that how hangdog we were, that we, I think, you know, they were like, these guys are punishing themselves quite a bit. Um, and the, uh, the sheriff did say, you know, like, I got a ticket for a violation of the burn ban. There was a burn ban in effect. So I got a ticket for a violation of that. And uh, he's, but at the end, you know, he said, uh, he said, I've got, a, I've got two, I've got some personal items that survived the fire because our, our backpacks, our, our, uh, tents, everything was just, uh, immolated, completely, completely burned away. There was no sign of it, you know? Uh, and he, but he said, I got a few things and what they were, there were two items that had been sitting right next to the fire, you know, so that had been burned out from years of use in that fire. And so the fire had basically jumped over him. And they were, they had survived perfectly, uh, and they were they were a bottle of wild turkey and a copy of Cervantes' Don Quixote, <laughs> and those are what he handed to me. And I like like I said, hang dog, you know, everything's in there, like our souls and stuff. I come walking back to where like the boys are standing around with like some of the volunteer uh, guys who are starting to relax, and one of them with this kid. This kid could have been older than like fourteen. And he had a huge spitty in his mouth. And, it, and I come walking up and the kid like spits on the ground and looks at me and goes, boy, you're going to need that other chicken tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, I reckon. And then like, and then, and then another kid was like, woo, spring break, you know, 2000 or whatever. Cause it had been about spring break time. And, uh, and actually, you know, you had, had a little bit of a laugh. Um, uh, I, not that I wasn't doing that much laughing, but uh, everybody was was kind of cool. But that was uh, that was the day Bandera burned. Well, yeah, a few things about that. Um, I mean, it resulted in the uh, Alex Battles uh, <laughs> uh, Thunder Chicken. So, so I, oh yeah, so I have a request, which is um, maybe you can end this podcast instead of with one of my songs. With uh, you can end it with uh, Thunder Chicken. That's, yeah, I'll see if I. Because that that's a hell of a song. You know, like, I, I spent like <laughs> four years trying to write a novel that just kind of ended with that scene. And, and, and it just sucked. And like Alex Battles wrote, probably spent like 20 minutes writing a three-minute song. Which, so the, the, the message for that is just like, never write novels, only write songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Songs and, songs and poems. Like, poems like, are much easier to write than novels. That's... Uh... <laughs> It's like captured everything perfectly 
in three minutes what I was trying to do in three fucking years. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, try to try to try to end the podcast with that one because that's a hell of a song. I've always wanted to be a novelist, but I felt like I was going to take me down a really maddening path. Uh, yeah, especially if you're, it's fine as long as you're somebody who can, and who can stop working on a project before it's finished, then it's fine. Start as many novels as you want. If you're somebody who feels like they have to finish that project, yeah, it can drive you insane. Oh yeah, I don't finish anything. <laughs> Maybe I should be a novelist. Yeah, you can, you can start a million novels. Um, it's, ben, not hard to, it's not hard to start if it's finishing them. That's the problem. And yeah. so, so um, I read some blogger comparing you to another musical artist. And I'm going to say the name here in a second. But first I want to say that we were talking to Milton and I compared Milton to Billy Joel. And like all of a sudden it felt like a minefield. <laughs> and then we had this whole discussion, you might have heard about uh, Randy Newman. And I also think Milton's songs have a Randy Newman quality. <laughs> but then Schaefer was like, oh, I'm glad you didn't bring up the Randy Newman thing. Because, <laughs> because he, he has this theory that it's like some kind of like creative slight to compare somebody to Randy Newman. But Which, no, I, I mean, and of course, it would Milton would have been very gracious about it and probably would have taken it as a compliment. And I like Randy Newman just fine. It is I, a compliment. I, just, I think that there's some... Uh, <laughs> Not in the context that it, it happened to you, but, right. I, but it is a compliment. Now, that guy was definitely taking a stab at you by sullying the name of Randy Newman. Anyway, I've heard you compared to Woody Guthrie and Tom Waits. Like, what a great combo, right, to, be, to get comparisons of? First thing, I don't know shit about folk music, so I don't know who Woody Guthrie is, but I think he's well-respected. Am I right? Yeah, that's, that's basically like the two two of the greatest songwriters you could possibly be compared to. I know who Tom it's Waits really is cool. because of Jim Jarmusch, but... Um, uh, the, I, are you stoked when you hear yourself compared to Woody Guthrie? I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the Waits, I mean, I, I've, there's a lot of, um, when, when people, I, if they say that something is kind of Waitsian, I don't tend to, I, I'm kind of stay away from it in a, in a way because um yeah there's tom, only tom, there's only one tom waits <laughs> tom, tom waits is able to do what he does um because he's first of all he's a very smart guy he knows how to talk about music he's a hell of a writer he and kathleen brennan his wife who I mean, all of the, his best songs they're they're written together um but and and his 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 voice i I think he has Tom Waits has one of the the best voices I've I've ever heard just because in, for an instrument just because it's I, he has several different um, voices he can use he has his percussive just kind of uh, when you think of Waits you think of that kind of that growly thing but he I mean, he also has a beautiful voice for for ballads and he can express he can get he can get a lot of emotion a, across so. Um, when I, with the weights comparisons, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm trying to be, I think people who are trying to do a weights thing where you're trying to be like a, a hipster kind of 
kind of the older persona of, of weights or just pick things like maybe being a bit dark or gothic. Like that's, I don't think that's really what weights is. And I don't think lyrically, I, um, he's not as much of an influence as, um, um, as, as Leonard Cohen for me, but uh, uh, musically, like uh, a lot of the music for the album, I would send references of other weight songs for, I mean, we were purposely trying to do, when I was working with, with Peter Hess, um, I send him, I was just, I would send him like a couple different weight songs. It's like, this is what I'm imagining for like uh, this, the second track, I, which you guys played the uh, stupid followed evil. Um, that seems I, to I just, be the single. <laughs> uh, like that seems to be the one that a lot of people comment on or gravitate to, right? I yeah, love your I love your vocal work on that one. That's oh, uh, that's thank you. cool. <laughs> thank you. But like Peter did so much on that, and I, I really like. I was like, because yeah, we've we've known each other for for a long time, and he's uh, Peter had had written um, music for one of my plays, and he was in the pit band. Um, in the orchestra for uh, my musical mustard that had Schaefer in it uh, way back in the day. Um, and where's but, my VHS copy of that? <laughs> oh, I wish I, I I've got a copy of it. Oh, I, really? I, yeah, yeah. I need a, it's somewhere in storage. Um, but with with uh, with with Peter with those parts, I was like, it's like, can you give me just some low percussive baritone parts and um, and a bass clarinet solo here? And everything that you hear there are are parts that he came up with. I mean, I didn't have to do it. It's like just you, you know what I'm sounding. I kind of want to have it like a, a weights baritone sound here and uh, and a uh, and a bass clarinet solo. And he did everything else. It's uh, these kind of things are possible when you work with with really good people. Um, but I, I I'm I'm not the most articulate person all of the time. But when I'm trying to, especially when it comes to explaining what I want musically. Uh, you just, I, I just, I just can't do it. I can't really, I, I just don't know how to explain what I want. I just kind of will say, try to make this sound like, like this. And that's, that's about the extent of how I can explain what I want. Uh, so I, I, having those, having those weights comparison is, are, are great. It's, um, I, I, well, what about the Woody Guthrie? The Woody Guthrie, that's, I'm, I think that's probably just because of the stupid followed evil, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, same kind of fascist, the instrumentation with that, that is, it's, it's kind of like a talking blues. Like a lot, if, you, if you've listened to any of like the really early Dylan, he's doing Woody Guthrie, the, any of like the, the talking blues, all the dust ball, dust ball ballads. Um, so I think that's where people got the, the Woody Guthrie thing. It's just because it sounds like it's an acoustic guitar and I'm doing kind of a talking blues. And it's cool, like, you know, for the, for the folks out there listening who haven't listened to the music yet, the cool thing about Ben's record is that you get these, you get these hints of all of these things, but it is, it is an extremely distinctive, uh, it, it's, a, it's a one-of-a-kind sound. It, it definitely does not, the record as a whole does not sound like any one of these things. It's, uh, it's, Thanks. it's definitely its own, its own beast entirely. Thanks. Yeah, I, I definitely hope like it doesn't come across like I'm trying to, to, uh, to do like a Tom Waits thing because there's really yeah as Schaefer said there's only one person who can, can do that. Uh, we gotta <laughs> so. we gotta we gotta just 
then we got to just push it out there. It's up to other people what their ears hear. We can't, we can't control that. <laughs> you know, and I was just quoting some writer who. Yeah, yeah. Writers no, got, yeah. writers no, got to have, opi- writers got to have opinions and writers got to make uh, comparisons. So. Matthew, short, short answer to that though is yeah, it's super fucking cool to be compared to Woody Guthrie and Tom Waits <laughs> in the same right. sense. <laughs> right. That was the correct answer. <laughs> super fucking cool. All right, yeah. That's super yeah. Cool. It was rhetorical. SFC. Ben, where are you from originally? Uh, New England. Yeah. We- weird, man. Tell us about that. Talk about Terra Incognito <laughs> for me, what's the, man. What's, New what's England. the Texosity? What's the Texosity level of New England? <laughs> uh, it's negative four. <laughs> <laughs> ben, do you know what Texosity is? Texosity is uh, this uh, uh, Alex Battles. This metric created I, by Alex Battles. <laughs> has, has this fascination with, with Texas and people from Texas. And I think it's maybe some something to, to do with maybe growing up with, in Ohio. I don't know. No, 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 no shade on people from Ohio. I love, I love many people from Ohio. I have, I have a fascination with people from New England. There you go. I think well, that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's really interesting. But, uh, but what does yeah. that mean? You said New England, be more specific. Well, Quahog? Uh, born, born in Maine. Um, yeah. Born then, in Maine. Wow. Born in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. If, if if you go up there, it's it's. it's, it's I, I want to go crazy. up there. It's crazy up there. Schaefer made a trip up there. Uh, we were talking about Portland, Maine, for a second when we were talking about moving somewhere. Why don't we just Why don't we just move to Schaefer, Let's just move to Portland, Maine. I love I love Maine. I think Portland might even be doing one of those things where they like pay you to move there too. So I think maybe that's I think maybe that's why we that one came up. That would be cool. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, my, my my folks are still there. My dad uh, is in Massachusetts. My mom and um, is your dad in, in the same Hampshire. house? I remember. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, the a, uh, yeah, it's a great house. That's in Bedford, Mass, or Springfield. Oh. Yeah, he he just he just he just got a new baritone sax. Oh, um, nice. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a, I'll send you a picture. What what were your general thoughts about Texas growing up? What were your what were your preconcept conceptions or preconceptions of Texas growing up? Honestly, a lot of it when I was a kid came from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was, <laughs> I was like that that movie scared. It was one of those that like I, I saw I, when I shouldn't have seen it like in like fourth or too, fifth grade. Too young. Yeah, yeah, and it really, really scared me that one because it's. I mean, you watch it now; it's still scary as hell. Yeah. But, but I mean, that was my idea. Just like you know, these kids leaving Austin, driving for a while, and then like so, it, like when I was like around fifth, sixth grade, it scared the shit out of me. I think Schaefer's the first, maybe the first uh, person I ever really hung out with, and then uh, from Texas. When I met when I met Ben in '94 at uh, Emerson College in Boston, they called they called me Tex because I was. Oh yeah, they they like foisted the upon guy, you. The only sure. guy in the dormitory in the dormitory from Texas. So. I don't think I ever called you Tex. Did I call you Tex? Maybe I did. Yeah, y'all. Everybody did, yeah, and yeah. it was fine. It didn't it didn't bother me. But were you just confirming stereotypes, Chief? I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, if if you only met me? In 1994, you would think people from Texas uh, like to like to 
get drunk and uh, spout out about Tom Tom Robbins novels mm. and uh, and uh, have a have a penchant for exhibitions. My my, my <laughs> guess <about> which, <laughs> my guess is that you were shattering preconceptions. <laughs> We had, a, we had a really good time. I, I, I mean, I, 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 mean I, this, I mean, I had never known <laughs> up until like just uh, some, someone like Schaefer. It was a, um, it, right. it, it made for a great freshman year. Right. But you didn't, man, you, you weren't even there the whole freshman year. That's, which seems crazy for me looking I've back. Been, that, uh, because that, that, that feels to me like uh, just years and it was, <laughs> it was like three months. It was three months. Yeah. Three short months. I, it's funny you mentioned Leonard Cohen earlier in that in that dorm room where I slept on the floor and uh, like there were like five or six of us who all hung out uh, like and, and would just stay in in this dorm room even though I had a bed down the hall it was like you you didn't want to miss a thing you know and uh, and we would listen to the best of Leonard Cohen every night while going to bed every single night and also and also the uh weights earlier yeah yeah those those it was those those two were the uh going to sleep <laughs> the going to bed helps. yeah coming down <laughs> coming down going to sleep I and know. uh i was i was thinking about jason beck the other day i would yeah. i would give a million dollars to know what's up with that guy now I've, um i i i He's he's in L.A. I think he's doing well doing production stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's yeah with uh, with Seth Graham Smith, who's, I mean, it made like six hundred million dollars. So I think, um, I think those guys are doing okay. Yeah. That that pair. Uh, I yeah. Uh, he uh, he was one of a kind too. That was my introduction to people from Long Island. Yeah, he. I, I like that guy. I'd love to catch up with him. He was. Like, I can totally picture him like driving around in the hills in Hollywood. Well, well, uh, I think I think Jamie Corbacho has seen. I, I don't know how recently, but like at least when I spoke to her, like a, a decade ago, Jason was. Uh, yeah, he was looking great, producing. is wearing Armani suits and just thin, like like no carb diet kind of thing. Just L.A. Uh, he just total gone straight LA. I don't think he even has. Doesn't sound like he's from Long Island. Uh, and 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 he probably has a Bluetooth earpiece in while he drives around in a convertible in the Hollywood Hills. That's how I picture it. I mean, that's 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 and all things are correct. Yeah, yeah that's all things are. Uh, that's how things should be. Right? Like, yeah. What? Uh, what about buzzards? Buzzards. Uh, well, my dad speaking got of, at us. Speaking of texosity. This is a, the buzzards do have, they have an extremely high texosity. Uh, oh, I, back to that. Uh, ben Murphy, what, if you give us like a percentage, one to a hundred, what, what, what would you say your percent texosity is? <laughs> well, I live there. Yeah, uh, I mean, so no, I would, I would, so I would how, wait, so, high. so what were those years? Like, how long did you live here? What? It was exactly uh, one year. It was, it was one year. Uh, what was the year? Ninety nine. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was right to. It was basically no. It was, um, we got there. Y two K, left. 
got to Brooklyn in uh, like February 2001. Yeah. Oh, right? so so yeah, right. So we celebrated the millennium, and then maybe you did come to my house that day. That was. Do you have any memory of that day? I I ask people these things, and I know that not everybody has the type of memory that I do. So. Well, the day after that, we were we were with Matt Roy, right? We were with Matt. Yeah, in San yeah. Antonio, we went to the Saint. Oh, wait. well, this is the day after. No, no, after, after, no, no, that, no. I thought I thought Matt was at the New Year's with us. Oh, he, yeah, he might have been. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, I just I just remember hanging out with him the next day. And a few other folks. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so Ben, yeah, Ben, you've you know you participated in the burning of Bandera. Like that's got to check. That's pretty. That's up. pretty high texosity. Like, if that's I mean, like, if that's if, worth fifty percent texosity right there. I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty pretty New England, um, but like coming down like <laughs> just in terms of like if we're talking about music and and some of the influence that like. I, I I mean for it's it's because of Schaefer that like that uh, I got into um, I mean people like Towns Van Zandt, Merle Haggard, more Johnny Cash, like Willie. Oh Schaefer, I found that Sounds of Texas album. I have two albums I wanted to uh, to <laughs> to show you. One's like the um, yeah the the Sound of Texas. It has it has uh, Sleep on the at the Wheel. Nice. Um, um, oh, and I and I and I actually and I have one more prop here. All right, you ready for this? Yes. All right, guess the soundtrack, or guess the. Uh, it's got Little Troy, Big Steve, Mafioso, Ace Deuce, Fifth Ward Boys, Botany Boys, Screwed Up Click, and ESG. And this is the soundtrack to a movie. This is a this is a D, it's a CD. <laughs> is that a? So is that a mix we made, or? This is a limited edition screwed Swisha House mix by Michael <laughs> 5000 Watts. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. I got it for you. I needed to, yeah, just, I wanted to. <laughs> can you, can you rip that and send it to us? With... <laughs> I, I, bet we could, I bet we could end the show, the show with some of that chopped and screwed shit. I, I think it, I think it's, yeah, I think it's got 29 lighters on it. Straight from the streets presents streets S T R E E T Z presents yes, the Houston Hard Hitters the movie and soundtrack by Paid in Full Productions. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm I'm mostly New England, but without Schaefer, <laughs> without, without Schaefer I'm uh, yeah. Like there's so many of those. Um, like there's a lot of there's a lot more country that um, that moved into what I was listening to. Just from just from being in Texas for a year, which I'm very grateful for. We definitely consider him an honorary Texan, no doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things from Texas, uh, we were talking about uh, Ben on, on a previous episode. We were talking about dialects and be knowing where people are from by things that they say. And one of the one of the words that came up was buzzard. Would you say that you knew the word buzzard before you came to Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, you did? Okay. Probably from like Lucky Luke. <laughs> buzzard, uh, uh, so buzzard is, is slang though. So uh, dad got at us and he went, he was thinking about it and he remembered that there, there are two, uh, there are actually two different birds 
who, who qualify as buzzards. Uh, he went to look it up and he said he took it down his book of Texas birds and was looking in the index under B and couldn't find it anywhere. So actually buzzard is basically a widely used nickname for either the turkey vulture or the black vulture. So those are technically the two birds that a Texan would call buzzard. But, uh, uh, and I can, I can totally like the picture the turkey vultures have like that, that weird pink head that a turkey's got. Um, but here's a, here's a, like, um, um, yeah, my wife's uh, um, stepfather uh, uh, works at a uh, volunteers at a uh, birds of bird of prey uh, rescue. Ah. Apparently, apparently the nicest of them all, nicest, nicest of the birds, the most social are both the, the black vultures and the turkey vultures. Huh. They just, they actually want to be, uh, they're the most fun for people who are volunteering there because they're like, they're the most social and they'll, they'll come up and they want to be around people compared to like the hawks or the owls and the Boy, they got a really osprey. bad rep. They really do, but like the scavengers, man. They, like, and they yeah, provide but, a valuable service. Definitely yeah, do. They, yeah, they do. People that is an it. astounding uh, little bit of trivia. That is so exciting and super yeah. interesting too. And I guess you know, folks from Texas are very friendly. So maybe that's a, maybe that's the buzzard's high texosity that's coming out in their uh, in their right. social behavior. Right. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk to a New Englander for once. Makes yeah. me feel makes I, me feel more cultured. A oh, New, man, yeah, when, a when New we Englander were, in Mexico City, no, no, no less. Yeah, when we were uh, when we were kids, we uh, we used to tap maple trees and make maple syrup. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Whoa! 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's we, the we had, what's the corresponding New Englandosity? Oh, that's that, that's pretty pretty serious. So we used to go out, my brother and I, we'd collect the the sap buckets and bring them in, and yeah, that's it's pretty serious New England right there. Matt, Matthew, I believe the word you're looking for is massachusetty. Massachusetty. <laughs> <laughs> what levels? And, uh, yeah, massachusetty. Tapping your own ma maple trees—that's high massachusetty right there. But that could also be canadiansity <laughs> canadiansity kineticosity canadensity <laughs> yeah i mean like there's there's seasons that you guys don't have like uh mud, May, mud, se you, mud season you guys don't you don't know what mud season either. mud you season do you have you mud season you don't you don't know what black fly season is oh um, black fly season is the worst that sounds know. terrible tell us more about that they're, the black flies are there. You don't want to go <laughs> camping during the black flies. The black flies will bite you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess it's the horse flies who bite you. But anyway, horse flies and black flies, they all come out en masse. In our, you know, remember, we would go camping in the Adirondacks. And you definitely, like, between, like, mid-July and mid-August, you definitely don't want to go. Because, uh, yeah, you can't, like... It, it hurts enough when a horse fly bites you that, you know, it'll ruin a canoe trip or, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to be in the, the. And those flies just get worse and worse the further you get closer to get to Canada. Like it starts in Maine, you get some really mean flies, but as soon as you, you're getting closer to the, to the border, they, those, those, there's some mean, mean kind of flies. There. Why do you, why do you think that is? It's because of the poutine. Ben, ben Murphy? I don't know. 
Why is that, Captain Ron? <laughs> no one knows, boss. Uh, do we want to? Yes. Ben, I, I think it's so great that your daughter uh, has turned six. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to have a special edition of Poetry Corner. We know one of our segments is Poetry Corner. Uh, I, your daughter's name is Adelina. Yeah. I wanted to have a special Poetry Corner dedicated to Adelina. Uh, and you can, maybe you can, uh, you can play this for her. I don't want to play her the rest of it, but you can just play her this Poetry Corner uh, from, uh, from a favorite poem from my childhood by A.A. Milne is Now We Are Six. <laughs> uh, and I'll do my best. To, I had a record with A.A. Milne reading it. I'll do my best to, to do a little bit of the A.A. Milne voice. When I was young, I had just begun. When I was two, I was nearly new. When I was three, I was hardly me. When I was four, I was not much more. When I was five, I was just alive. But now I am six, and clever is clever. So I think I'll be six now, forever and ever. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. She, I, she loves it. She, there, I think her favorite in that one is the, uh, um, I had me a, I had a, I haven't got nothing, uh, the, the rabbit. So I went to the rabbit. I'm not doing it, but you know it. <laughs> That's a, uh, we'll have to, I haven't got a rabbit. We'll have to get Adelina on to uh, set us straight on, on the works, the works of AA Milne. Thank you. She loves it. I have a six year old as well. I think there is something about being six that like, you know how you can sort of remember most things since five, like there is this sort of leap with six. It, for me, it, yeah, for her, it just seemed to happen right when she turned six. It's like not a baby anymore, for sure. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, they, they start pulling out the, uh, so the things that you say back at them. Like, mm. she's like, Dad, would, would you feel comfortable if I had another cookie? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it gets psychological. I, 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 I said something to her couple nights ago and she's like dad that's not an answer <laughs> oh, oh dear <laughs> yeah, out your rhetoric yeah yeah that's that's not man, no kind of answer i think is what she actually <laughs> sucks because <laughs> it probably wasn't i don't think it was a real answer yeah that they, they they become people just like that <laughs> it was in fact no kind of answer <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you for that one, Shaver. <laughs> you betcha. Any other, uh, any other, anything else you're curious about, Matthew? Well, we have, uh, I feel like. I don't have any more topics right now, but I think that Ben Murphy is our best guest yet. <laughs> it just, just to insult every other guest we've had. And, uh, uh, I, <laughs> and I want to talk to him again. I definitely feel like this conversation could really bust wide open. There could be a, yeah. a real, a real flood of uh, reminiscences yeah. and poor, <laughs> poor, even poorer choices. And I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm not getting down on myself, but that, that interview you guys did with Lauren was great. Oh, that was really fun. Oh, that, was, that, was, that was really interesting. We've had a lot of good conversations, actually. Everybody we've had on, it's been really fun to talk to you. 
uh, the, uh, yeah, we had a, I think maybe, you know, at the, at the one year mark or something, we should plan some kind of like, uh, one magical hour retreat and we can all go out to the woods and hang out with each other and, uh, and everybody can meet. I think that'd be really fun. <laughs> like invite all the, all the vaccinated guests. All the guests. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, be great to see you guys. I'm sorry. Um, it's too bad that yeah, I wasn't able to, it was, it was more expensive than I thought it would be to get from Mexico city to, uh, to Austin, but, um, uh, let's plan on, let's plan on you coming down in the fall this year. All right. Sounds good. We'll work it out. Well, I just want to remind everybody that we love you all. And yes, indeed. Oh, congratulations, uh, Ben, for being your, your, uh, our guest on a very auspicious, at a very auspicious time. Congratulations to Miss Ellen Ferguson for being our, uh, our 5,000th download today. Some, uh, <laughs> we did some forensics on the metrics. We did conclude that it was Ellen who downloaded the 5,000th uh, episode. After should we get her, uh, should I contact like a trophy place? Should we do yeah, a we plaque? Might, we might need to, we we might should need get her a plaque. Trophy. And that, that she did do it, it should be noted with the help of Alex. Alex Battles woke up this morning hoping to be the 5,000th download. And in the process, he, he listened to like 10 episodes in a row. And, in, uh, in my mind, Alex has 15 burner phones so that he can just, <laughs> so that he could just pump up the metrics all the time. And well, that's, uh, he set up Ellen for your success. Well, I've got a birthday coming up and I want a one magical hour hoodie. Okay. Oh, I'll text you a link to our Zazzle store. I know. It's, oh, you! Oh, you already have it bookmarked. Oh yeah, <laughs> send, send it again. Send it again. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I have it. I'll send it again. I'll put it up on the Facebook page too for uh, anybody who would like to purchase, purchase uh, some merchandise for their loved ones. I, I want to thank Ben again for his time. I also want to know what you're drinking out of that little ceramic uh, shot glass. Shot. Hold that. Oh, Altos. I've, uh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Y yeah, I've, I've had that a couple times from Specs. <laughs> yeah, Altos. It's yeah. good stuff. Oh, the Alto tequila? Yeah, that is uh -huh. good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can get some pretty good tequilas down here in Mexico. <laughs> uh, shocker. <laughs> I've been on a tequila kick myself. It, uh, it, it goes down smooth. Do you drink much mezcal down there? Yeah, mezcal is so popular up here these days. Yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a. I wish you guys could have come down here. There's uh, some. Well, there's wait. Some maybe we can when we get the vaccines. We'll come yeah, visit. Vaccines coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, can, we can. The vaccines that. coming. We're gonna come visit. I I'm thinking April, Shafi. Yeah. What do you think? By April, do, we can get a vaccine. Sounds do, good to do, me. Do. Uh, do they do they have the worm salt up there with the mescal? That's that's where you that's down here. The mescal is always served with the it's like the ground up worm salt. Oh, a, worm salt. In a, no. <laughs> in a what? In, in an orange, a slice of orange. Oh no! It's, 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 I've, I've never had the worm salt. It's it's it's, it's actually pretty good. I don't do the chapulines. Oh, what's the, that? Those are the those are the grasshoppers. 
Okay. I've oh, in sweet. Mexico I've had huevos de hormigas, which is ant eggs. Those are the the, the ant larvae. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, where have we gone at the end of this episode? Those we're talking Eating about bugs. things things that have a high Mexicosity. <laughs> oh, the Mexicosity. <laughs> all right, listen, we love you all. Um, ben, are you familiar with our sign off? Yes. Do you want to do? Do you want to do the honors? No, no, you guys, you guys do it. All right. Remember, one magical nation: the poorer the choices, the sweeter the mezcal. My mama's land, Bandera, Texas. Murphy, Jake, and Bob and me. We went camping in dry season. It was a cold night, cold as can be. We lit a fire and drank some whiskey. I read Cervantes neath the stars We went swimming in the morning Till we heard the police car You're gonna need that thunder chicken When your mom gets through with you you're gonna need that thunder chicken and your donkey Cody too. We went back to the campground. The earth was dead black, our tents were smoke. The sheriff said, All that survived. Was your wild turkey and Don Quixote? Well, you're gonna need that thunder chicken and your Don Quixote too. You're gonna need that thunder chicken when your mom gets through with you. A skinny kid stood by the pump truck. He saw the whiskey that we had. Stream of tobacco into the ashes. And this is what that kid said. Said you're gonna need that thunder chicken. Your down, he hold it too. You're gonna need that thunder chicken when your mom gets through with you. Ooh, ooh, oh, you're gonna need that thunder chicken and your down, he hold it.